I'm James Briarton. It is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023, and a code red is in a place for air quality. We'll talk about what that means in just a moment. And welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are talking about the air quality across the Carolinas today. Our guest, our friend from WCNC Charlotte, Chief Meteorologist Brad Panovich is here. Oh, Brad, did you see that map just updated in real time? Yes. Just, just now. So uh, that actually counties. <laughs> a great segue. So as yeah. you are listening to this right now, maybe on your drive into school or work on Wednesday morning, not only am I notably saying, yes, we released a Carolina Weather Group episode in the morning instead of in the evening, <laughs> but I am actually in a car right now with WCNC's Brittany Van Voorhees and KJ Jacobs driving to the regional tropical conference that the National Weather Service team and other agencies are holding in Columbia. So Brad and I are recording this on Tuesday night. And as we just hit record, Brad, that map that is on the screen for our visual viewers. Yeah. That air quality alert just got expanded into the Wilmington area. We already had it for virtually every other square inch of the Carolinas, but I think it is now safe to say that most of the Carolinas, if not all of the Carolinas by Wednesday, are in this air quality alert. What does that even mean, Brad? Yeah, you know, typically we'll see a couple of these every year, and it's typically for ozone, which is ground-level ozone. When we get into these stagnant, hot, humid days of summer, um, we'll get the combination of car exhaust and sunlight get trapped near the surface and create a, a dangerous uh, combination of chemistry that creates ground level ozone, which can cause poor air quality. Um, we don't typically see these for what we call particulate pollution, which is the old fashioned pollution, if you will. Think of the pollution that came out of coal burning power plants um, before they had scrubbers or ways to clean the air. Or in this case, smoke, where there's actually particles in the air. Um, it's not necessarily dust, but it's fragments of burnt trees, grass, or vegetation, organic um, carbon, we call it, that's been lofted into the air from a wildfire. And this is the first, I mean, I was just telling you, um, James, I have never seen this many counties in either state completely covered in air quality alert because typically, you know, it has a lot to do with traffic and urban settings. To have this over the entire state means you have even rural areas being impacted by this. So, you know, this smoke is widespread. This is the first code red in the Charlotte region since 2016, which ironically enough was for a wildfire, not in Canada, but in South Mountain State Park, which, which was a lot closer to home. Yeah. Then and that was like a legit smelly, smoky kind of felt like there was a fire next to your house. In this case, you know, a lot of people will say they don't smell it, um, which was a great question I got at Instagram. Someone's like, uh, why is why didn't why can't I smell smoke? Well, the thing about the smell of smoke, it actually comes from the combustion part of the fire. Mm -hmm. And you usually have to be really close to the fire. That smell will tend to taper off the farther away you get from the source of the fire. But the smoke, the particulate matter is still there. And let's be honest, a lot of this is still aloft. It's above our head. So it's not always down here at the ground where our noses are. So you mentioned a couple of things there I want to hit upon. The source of this smoke is primarily fires that are burning yeah over a thousand miles away in Canada. There are a couple fires, as we also know, in New Jersey. Uh, but yeah. we'll take a look here at your weather graphics from WCNC Charlotte. And you can actually are looking at the forecasted, what would you call this, the, the path for the smoke? 
Yeah, so this is what we call the vertically integrated smoke, basically smoke from the ground to the top of the troposphere. And the, the thing I want to point out to you on that map is the area there north of Ottawa, Toronto, and west of Quebec. Now, Quebec is also a city, but it's also a province of Canada, right? Mm, it's yeah. that eastern province before you get to Nova Scotia and, and Newfoundland. Um, but that that province in particular, and Ontario, to be honest with you, you see a couple fires there north of uh, Lake Huron. The fires, though, in Quebec are huge, and there are so many of them. I had trouble counting them all just looking mm. at the satellite map today. Um, and there's a big low pressure. You might see that spin where it looks clear yeah. over Halifax. That is acting like a big um, kind of like a water wheel. But in this case, instead of pivoting water, it's steering the smoke down to the south. And so those fires are pretty far to our north, but it is driving or channeling the smoke almost due south. I was just looking um, tonight, you know, as we're recording this in New York City, believe it or not, on Tuesday evening, it had the worst air quality on the entire planet was in New York City because of the Whoa. smoke. You know, looking at the map, Brad, it's almost like we've replaced clouds with smoke in the yeah. same way that satellites are used to track clouds. Computer models are used to project where those clouds might go. It's all that same technology numerically, but but with smoke. Yeah. And so once you have like a, a point source for the smoke and you can start sampling it. And let's be honest, the satellites are picking up the smoke as if it was a cloud. So it's actually pretty easy to track. Um, I was looking at some visibility maps tonight, which um, they're talking about the possibility of upstate New York tomorrow seeing what's called a blackout, not because of power, but because of the smoke actually reducing visibility less than a mile in the middle of the day. Wow. So it'll look like it's the middle of the night in some of these areas. Um, and that visibility is like fog. It will actually cause travel issues in parts of uh, upstate New York. So this is um, probably the most widespread dense smoke I've seen on the East Coast. We've had this happen before. This is not a first to see smoke on the East Coast. Typically, it will come from fires either out West in Canada. I've seen it come up from Mexico even occasionally with a Southwest wind, but I don't think I've ever seen this concentration, <laughs> you know, where yeah. it's so dense and packed in. And I think the fact that the sources, even though it is pretty far North, is still close to the East Coast, the Eastern Canada, that it, it it doesn't really have far to travel. So it's not lofting up in the air and it's staying pretty condensed near the near the ground. So my question here, I guess, is thinking about the winds. Yeah. Is it the perfect setup between the winds are blowing in the correct direction to bring this along the United States eastern seaboard combined with the winds are not dispersing it? Yeah. So the winds are just strong enough to move it, but they're not mixing it up. In the summertime, yeah. we tend to get a lot of inversions too because um, that's another side effect of smoke. And when we talk about inversions, um, typically as you go up in altitude or height in the atmosphere, the temperature is supposed to get colder all along the way at a certain rate. An inversion is where it starts to get cold for a while. Then all of a sudden there's a layer where it warms up and that warm layer acts like a lid. It traps things down. You may have heard us talk about things called capping inversions for thunderstorms. It'll keep thunderstorms from developing. Well, in the summer, these capping inversions can trap pollutants, smoke, um, ozone near the ground. And what happens with wildfire smoke is because there's actually particles, like I said, of trees, whatever was on fire, right, has been lofted, those absorb heat from the sun, which warms that layer up even more and enhances the inversion, which makes it worse. So it's like this negative feedback cycle. Once mm, you get yeah. smoke, it helps make it worse over time because the smoke then can't mix vertically. So every day that the smoke is around and you don't have mixing, 
the smoke just gets deeper and thicker and closer to the ground. And that's where you really get the air quality issues because it starts getting pushed down where we live. And so you know, we went from something that was probably more of a nuisance or for beautiful sunsets and sunrises to now something that legitimately can impact your health. Yeah. Using what we know at the time of recording here, uh, thinking about our day on Tuesday, I feel like around lunchtime in Charlotte, I was driving around and the sky looked funny to me as if like my glasses were dirty, but no yeah. amount of cleaning my glasses would get the coloring right. And then by Tuesday evening, by the time I was done eating dinner, walking around the block, looking straight down my neighborhood, about 20 houses down, I you could see the degradation almost color was like yeah. lacking by the time we got to the end of the block. So thinking about the Carolinas on Wednesday, or yeah. today, by the time people are listening to this, um, what can we expect at the ground and what impact will it have on people? You know, likely tomorrow we're going to have some some respiratory issues for people that have asthma, um, have, you know, breathing troubles, um, the very young, the very old. And really tomorrow, because it's a code red, even healthy people, it's not advised that you exercise or do strenuous activity outside where you're going to be breathing heavily this smoke filled air. One of the things you can do, and it's actually pretty easy, um, we all have masks probably laying around from COVID mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Those masks can serve a really good purpose. They block out um, those particles, the 2.5 um, particles that we talk about. Um, they're really tiny. They're, they're, they're tiny, but they're pretty large because you can actually somewhat see them. Um, the, the mask, even a cloth mask or a surgical mask will help block some of that out and make your breathing much easier. And then because we are in air conditioning season, being inside with your air conditioning on, it's actually a good thing because the filters in your home will help filter out a lot of this smoke. So it's a good idea to keep the windows closed if you did have them open and actually use your air conditioning because it will help filter the air out. So it won't last forever, but probably the next two or three days, I think it's going to be the weekend before it finally fully moves out. And just looking at the forecast, we'll have a code red tomorrow. I wouldn't be shocked to see one on, on Thursday and Friday, but right, already right now it's a code orange. For Thursday and Friday. So they have four straight days of a code orange or worse. Haven't seen that in a long time in the Carolinas, not since the days when ozone was a much bigger problem in the summertime around here. Talk about keeping those windows closed. It feels like pollen season all over again. Use yeah. those filtered systems. Um, lastly, before we go, um, I'm going to have you talk about this graphic you just put up here on the screen. Yeah. I was going to ask you a little bit about how code reds get issued, but tell us about this graphic first you just put up. So this is the air quality scale. It goes from good to moderate to orange, then red, then pink, and then that maroon. Anytime we get into the orange or above, an air quality alert is issued. So when people see that unhealthy for SG, that stands for sensitive groups. The unhealthy for sensitive groups is typically geared towards people with respiratory issues. Once we get to the unhealthy and above, which is code red, code purple, and that code maroon, which I've only seen maybe one time ever, um, that's where it's like, you should not be outside. I've seen actually, um, construction workers get the day off in those situations, wow. schools close, camps close, uh, and they will tell you to stay indoors. That would be like, if we had a significant, um, fire nearby, in fact, parts of the Northeast and around Canada, where these fires are originating, there are some, believe it or not, purple and hazardous, uh, sure. uh, air quality up in that area. People cannot breathe. They're actually evacuating them not so much for the fire, but because of the air quality. So this is issued in North Carolina from the Department of Environmental Quality. In South Carolina, they're issued by DHEC. Um, so they'll come from the state organization. And usually in each town, 
they'll have an office with a forecaster there. So it's a little bit of air pollution forecasting and also meteorology because you got to take both into account because you got to have a source of pollution. And then if the meteorology makes it worse, they can work in tandem and really make some issues. And that's kind of what we have going on here this week. I just want to point out to folks, again, that graphic you have is effective on Tuesday as we're recording yeah. this. So today is Tuesday and tomorrow is Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> if so anybody's watching along with us. Yeah. yeah. So but we, it's, it's interesting that we're going to be that close. We're just one step down from the very unhealthy level. It is universally unhealthy for everyone, not just the sensitive populations. Yeah. And, um, you know, you think about, I remember the Beijing Olympics. That was a big oh, concern. Right. They actually tried to move some of the outdoor events because of air pollution in Beijing. Um, so that kind of tells you how seriously it is. In fact, tonight, uh, as we're recording this, um, I know at least one AAA baseball game in upstate New York was postponed because of poor air quality. So it is not unheard of for that to, to happen. It usually happens on the West Coast. I've seen San Francisco Giants games. I've seen games in Oregon and the Pacific Northwest canceled because of the fire season in the fall. But I've, I, this is probably the first time on the East Coast I've seen in a while where we've had baseball games canceled because of poor air quality. It'll be very interesting to see such a story playing out, not only here in the Carolinas, but along the whole East Coast. And before we go, Brad, you mentioned these are issued at the state level, but I imagine they're kind of observed in a similar way that weather is. There's there's automated systems throughout the Carolinas. Yeah. Do you know offhand like how many there are in Mecklenburg County, for example? So the monitors in Mecklenburg County, there's I think there's up to eight now. Um, But there's actually more and more. There's eight official ones. I say that. But more and more, there's um, a company called Purple Air, which sells um, basically kind of like backyard weather station versions of air quality sensors. And more and more, these are being put in people's backyards and businesses. So we're getting a much bigger sample size. And I like looking at those sometimes because you get a lot more neighborhood levels. Um, and, And looking at the Purple Air map today, um, there's probably twice or three times as many sensors there. It, it was just as bad. So um, what happens typically, and, and the way this works is, and it's just a quirk of the way they forecast, if one of those sensors reads yellow, orange, or red, they'll issue a code red for the whole area. So one sensor is all it, all it takes. But this is a, a case where we don't have one sensor. We have all Lots of them of. tripping right now. In fact, I was just looking at um, the current sensors here in North Carolina. Tuesday night, you know, we mentioned we're doing this Tuesday night, but there was actually a code red issue today in the in the triad area because the smoke got so bad up there. And for the first time in a long time, the Winston-Salem Airport, as well as the Concord Airport here in the Charlotte area, both their ASOS, their automated observation system, reported smoke in the OBS. Wow. So that tells you that there was actually smoke reported at ground level. Um, from the automated sensors that the airports use. And I'm sure a lot of pilots were, were noticing this as well, reduced visibilities and ceilings because of the smoke today. I was noticing M-ping reports showing up on my radar scope app from people reporting yeah. smoke. I think today Which, I learned. That, that's kind of nice. Today I learned that was a choice. So uh, uh, just to tell you right now, I'm looking at um, the Winston-Salem gauge is still at this time, and we're recording this pretty late at night, is still reading a particle um, level of 152, which is code red. So it, it, that tells you there's still a lot of smoke in the yeah. air right now. Pretty much all of the Carolinas Wednesday uh, will be in this code red situation because of the uh, smoke 
from the wildfires that will be traveling down. Again, uh, practice precautions if you're going outside and then monitor this as we head into Thursday and Friday as well for this to continue to prolong. Uh, Brad, thank you for hopping on with me to yeah. record this very quickly. I mentioned <laughs> off the top of our recording, uh, the Carolina Weather Group was going to be in a rerun this week because a bunch of us are going to Columbia. There's a three-day seminar conference happening there, National Weather Service, FEMA, uh, other folks are coming together at the start of hurricane season to provide all of us in the industry and partners and, and such a kind of refresher, if you will, and level us up on our, our tropical knowledge. And <laughs> we're driving there early in the morning. So, um, yeah. but once we saw these, these code reds go out, we knew we needed to at least get something out in the feed. So we appreciate the the time uh, of yours tonight to uh, hop on and uh, folks can watch you on WCNC Charlotte, the WCNC app, or their local media across the state to continue tracking uh, this situation. that again, will be impacting so many of us. And if uh, you didn't already know, the National Weather Service distributes a lot of these air quality alerts. So yeah. you'll see them on weather.gov and your weather sources uh, come across that same distribution path. Yeah, that's kind of nice because a lot of people got the air quality alert on their phone today. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, well, why did I get that? And so you got to kind of do a little explanation. But I will tell you this, James, before we go is one thing, you know, a lot of people say, OK, I, I think I'm going to be OK. This is a good time to go check on the elderly neighbor hmm. or watch your kids. You may be okay, but the folks that are very young or old or have compromised, you know, respiratory issues, they're, they're, this is going to be a struggle for them. So just keep a close eye on them. You might want to check up on those those neighbors just to be uh, be safe because it's been a while, and so they may not be used to this, and they may not even know that the air quality is this bad. They might just, you know, I, I said something the other night about people's level of preparedness is only as good as your memory of the last disaster. Well, if it's been so long since you've had this. People probably think it's not a big deal until they go outside and realize, oh, I'm in real trouble. I'm having trouble breathing. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good call out. Uh, thank you again, Brad. Uh, we'll keep uh, folks updated on our social. I'm sure you will as well. And I think so many folks already know whether you're in Charlotte or not. You can go to Brad's social yeah. for updates throughout the Carolinas. So uh, thanks again, Brad. And uh, we will continue to monitor this situation. We'll see you back here again real soon for more from the Carolina Weather Group. Have a good day.